Hello, listeners of the Artversations podcast. I don't feel like hitting a note today, so that's all you're going to get. Roll the intro music. Back to another episode of Artversations, or welcome if this is your first time tuning in. Before we get started, I do want to mention uh, you'll find in the description Black Lives Matter donation links. Please consider checking those out. Thank you for clicking on the show. I mean, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you hit subscribe or follow um, to stay up to date on new episodes. Uh, I'm assuming you're listening because you love art and talking about art, and well, so do I. Hi, I'm Bree, like the cheese, your host. And for my guest this week, I had lovely Kelly Shaw on. She's a dancer, a teacher, uh, a real nice human being. I can't say enough about her, really. I've been lucky enough to learn from Kelly for so many years, and so sitting down with her over Zoom was a real treat to just pick her brain. She opened up to me about how she's finding ways to let her voice be heard. And many of us, not just dancers, but artists, we can totally relate to that. I also want to mention that this was recorded on May 22nd, so a little bit while ago, but regardless, please enjoy episode 19 of season two. So it's God like- bless contemporary dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing sweatpants and socks and in like a black room. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you could definitely deal with your shit like that. Yeah. Hi, Kelly. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? Even though that's a horrible question, but uh, I guess I can refer to maybe like, how are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm. <laughs> um, how am I feeling right now? Today, we've had a couple days of sunshine and that makes a huge difference for my body and soul. And, yeah. um, you know, it's really cleansing. I, I think every single day I have multiple personalities Ooh, <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In real life. So then, especially when we're in this quote unquote isolation and spending so much time in introspection that just gets amplified. So in this moment I am feeling grounded and a little bit nervous about this conversation. <laughs> um, what and- we expected trying to be present with you (laughs) thank you i i those three words actually um i can relate to completely because i do feel Mm -hmm. nervous and i even just the beginning of a podcast is always very nervous or nerving for me because i start to realize like how do i navigate a conversation that is recorded how does that work (laughs) right (laughs) yeah it's totally true (laughs) if we were just having a phone conversation we wouldn't be thinking twice about how to control it. But then all of a sudden, these themes of control, perfect, and product. So mm. this all of a sudden needs to be presented like a performance or a product. And as performers, we can so quickly switch our brains to this place where we need to show up in something that feels manufactured. Right. And yet the beauty and the essence and the, um, the, the thing that's so special about a podcast is that it is... <laughs> 
not manipulated and manufactured in a way that something that was rehearsed could be. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to give us time. Like I want to allow for space to let us process our thoughts and, and uh, you know, sort of not expect it to be like, okay, everyone, everyone has to talk at the same time and there can be no dead air. Right. I'm actually interested, even that's a bigger question of like online and the performance of social mm -hmm. media in a way, like, I know that's a huge topic. I don't, I'm like, cause especially now that we can't be in person. So we're like yeah. constantly performing. <laughs> Completely. Ugh, yeah. It's weird. And, you know, I was really grappling and going back and forth a bit when the, well, I was in Australia when people were starting to quarantine yes. and isolate which we can totally come back to. Yes, but that, that felt like I was not like I was not even a part of what was happening in Canada. Um, so I didn't feel I was using social media as I normally would, not thinking twice about it, sharing my trip. I knew that people wanted to see facts of my journey. And organically I just kind of was finding moments and spaces to do these sort of like site specific improvisations and then yeah. was using social media to share them and then coming home to being in quarantine in my parents' house. And mm. it, it organically like just rolled into still using social media in that way to express and perform. And then like, I'd say 10 days into that, I had to take a break and I really had to check myself and say wait a second is this where are you where is this coming from like mm. is this authentic does this still feel within mm. that organic space that it did when you were traveling and of course the answer is no <laughs> because I wasn't traveling I was in my right. carpeted office of my parents <laughs> house totally different and from yet, like the landscape of Australia <laughs> <laughs> right. So then it was like, oh, it's not showcasing like these brilliant places that planet Earth has gifted us. It's it really was just like me being a performer. Mm. And so then I just kind of, you know, had to reckon and rumble with myself a little bit and um, find a space that felt really like truth. And mm. and I started to. Uh, I started to analyze it less after taking space away okay. and seeing, seeing social media almost as a way to, to become, hmm, how do I articulate this? To become, a, it seems so simple, but to become a truer version of myself and using social media as an experiment. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, especially right now because there's more mm -hmm. people online more often. And mm. so I've caught myself, you know, the moment where you uh, say you want to post something and then you get those inner critic, those voices, yeah, that always, ego always. sneaking up mm -hmm. and going, don't post that. Da, 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 mm. Or why? Da, da, da. This and person's going to think like, this. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've been putting into practice a three, two, one rule which is if I have that immediate instinct to post it, that feels like truth because I have something to share in that moment. And then 
I go three, two, one, boom. Mm. And then the critic comes out, of course. And then you go back and check like six times and you're like, what was it? Or sometimes I'll just delete the app. Okay, good. Then that really allows me to detach from any validation, judgment, need for comment, need for feedback. And that has given me so much freedom. Mm. And I feel like I'm just using it as a channel or as this instrument to explore sides of my personality that normally I may curate um, in a rehearsal space or Mm. in a performance, you know, we're still manipulating the way we're being perceived as performers or how how you show up. Um, So with this kind of three, two, one game, like I'm, I've become much more (laughs) playful with it. Mm. And so I analyze less like, Oh no, it posted eight dance videos this week. Like, honestly, great that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like just who says that's bad where you're at yes exactly yeah. Hmm, yeah like an experiment like a in the moment whatever you need right then and there because that that really should be what it is I think I mean I mean it's like I, I'm gonna go back and contradict myself completely but for me <laughs> like, <my> I, <laughs> right? like it's such a big thing that we've all been using now for this you know last 10 years or so and it's like it's now all of a sudden become like an addition of ourselves and, and, you know, like another way of us to express ourselves, which is great. Like, I I don't mind that, you know, but what I do mind is when it (laughs) becomes filtered and crafted in a way that looks or, or comes across as, as fake. Right. That's where I'm like, "Mm, can't do that. I feel, I also feel like people who follow me wouldn't want to see that. I don't know. Hopefully, I don't know. I wouldn't want them to want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would hope that there's something that resonates or there's this streamlined or uh, the person that's online is the person that, you know, the brand I see online is the brand I'm talking to right now, is the brand exactly. I see on stage, is the brand I see in rehearsal, which I think is comes back to like knowing yourself and like really going in to figure out what is your authentic code? Like mm. what are the parts of yourself? And then in that, social media for me at least is like okay wait that silly goofy quirky unfiltered like mess of a kelly that my really good friends know how can i like last night at midnight my friend jt's like lady gaga the ariana grande songs out yes. and i was like let's go and i just turned on my camera and was just like met who cares i didn't even rewatch the thing i just posted mm. it and i was like that feels a bit scary like it's on the edge which means that there's growth there you know when we're comfortable it means we've done it before which means there's not a whole lot of growth to be had Hmm. so when you're in that space of nervous like where we were when we started this conversation it means we're edging on expansion which is Mm. I think truly why we're here (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the quick little just I'm gonna turn on my camera and then yeah I like that you didn't look back at it you kind of just sort of let it be as it is, and then presented it to the public or, or to your to your following, yeah. Hmm. And, and you know, that may not be what people want to use it for at all. They may be like, oh, man, no, I'd like <laughs> rather go for a walk in the woods and use that as my experiment and not like a little screen, which I'm also doing. Like I'm trying to balance it with many different types of research projects you could say um mm-hmm, but that's yeah. just one way that I've been able to digest um and feel okay about my own personal use of the platform right now because mm-hmm. it is it is a lot 
and it, it will continue to be a lot for as long as this is our quote unquote new normal. Mm. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we were saying before, it's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, there's a huge part of me that's rejecting this as a normal, but exactly, then in yeah. the same breath, how do I still make it work for me? How can I still have this be an expansive exercise? Mm. Yeah. Looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah, I mean, like the new normal right now that we're living is all online, but it's also like mm-hmm. now all of a sudden we we all kind of have a little square or a little mm-hmm. video on the Instagram app for someone to look at. And someone can, can, you know, scroll through it and, oh, there's Kelly's thing and, oh, there's Brianna's thing. It kind of almost like, this is me just thinking aloud, like almost giving every single person a chance to say something in some ways, like maybe that's a good thing. Like we can pass the mic to someone and say, okay, what do you want to present about yourself or, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm trying to think of it in a good way as much as I can. I mean, I'm interested to hear, well, thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm interested yeah, I to really hear like more that. about it- like how, cause I've really, I've, I've been looking through your, some of your current posts and they're very much about writing and, and sort of mm-hmm. these like, um, almost like spur of the moment or, or um, thoughts that you're having and you, you, you put them in like a nice little paragraph for us to all read. Like how has that been therapeutic or, or, or why did you choose to, you know, go against like, it has to be a quick caption and say, okay, I'm going to give myself time to write about what I'm actually feeling. Yeah. Well, interesting it's funny because you don't I guess maybe it speaks to the fact that I'm really trying to come from an authentic not overly analytical place that I never really um mindfully or cognizantly said this is the way I now will show up to social media and this is how I need to express one plus one equals two it really emerged in this way that feels like where I'm at um and just an extension of where I'm at and the experiences I'm having. If thinking about the writing, I mean, I, I was sort of always able to articulate through my pen or pencil <laughs> growing oh. up. Um, I had quite a connection to writing and reading and, and words are great. Words are awesome. They really are. And like, in a way I feel like many dancers may resonate with that we can write and we can read and we can dance. And there's this crazy block in our throat chakra where you just literally choke on your words when they come out or, you know, I still cringe. I'm really working through it to hear the sound of my own voice. Um, Yes. Yes, Or who said that? Why did I say it like that? I would never write it like that. I would never dance it like that, but I'm going to, like go on a small tangent because this is a thought that I had the other day. Mm. Um, so I, I was very shy. So a way of an, my, my main expression came through movement and through writing um, mm-hmm. growing up as an adolescent. And I was really shy as a little girl. And then I became better through, you know, like speech competitions in school and oh. yeah, like, like things like this. Or- yeah. No, just like, um, I don't know, in grade eight, it was like, it was a thing where you write a speech and then there was like, you could go on to different oh. stages of. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Mine, mine were all in French. 
So I yeah. didn't ever try to compete for that because <laughs> let alone speaking English is hard for me. So, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. The speech competitions. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like I became better at, with my words, although I would assert now that I was good at speaking when it was a performance, quote unquote, mm. because I could relate to becoming the performed version of Kelly speaking, which is another right. thing I'm tackling right now. And then as a teacher and mm-hmm. um, but it, it was like, as I got better articulating and bringing it from my inner world to my outer world, which is what our throat is like our voice really is what connects what's going on inside of us spiritually to how we physically show up on earth as a human. And as a dancer, it's almost like, and I don't want to like put any kind of umbrella um, or, or assume this of, of anyone other than myself, but mm-hmm. there's this archetype of, oh, I'm shy. I'm not really good with my words. I'm not good with my voice. I move. That's mm-hmm. what I do. I express as I move. And it's like, it becomes, um, what's the word I'm looking for? like cool or or the thing to be shy to not be good at at conversing in that way because you're a remover right and so that must be your best form of communication and in a way I think telling myself that uh, unconsciously kind of created a lid on other ways that I was able to express myself and I kind of fell away from writing Mm. Um, the only way I was writing was I've been, um, I've worked with a therapist for about six or seven years now is, is through journaling and Mm. the sort of stream of consciousness and working through tasks and my own inner shit, which has been super, super helpful, but not as, you know, an expressive experimental research way that I would go in and improvise with my body. And so I would say, right, right in the last six months when I've come back to explore maybe pieces of myself that I've that I've just left behind along the way, or I've just put on the shelf for a little too long. Right. Right. (laughs) I, I, I guess I kind of grabbed onto that writing piece of myself um, that used to be really dear, near and dear to my heart. And it just, again, it happened like really organically. And I even have gone back in my posts and been like, oh, I've always kind of wanted to speak to the self-development, like inner, inner mindful thing in all of my posts. And now I'm just like, just going for it. Like Mm -hmm. just show people more of, yeah, show people more of what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. Like, I don't need to be silent because I'm a mover anymore. I've decided mm. that for myself. Love it. It's not, it's not fair to my power. It's not fair to how I show up in the world. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that was I, a long winded answer. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, you say a lid. I, I heard this expression the other day from um, a friend of mine named Susan Blackwell. And she said that when she was younger, she used to cork herself where she would sort of let the, the throat, <laughs> nothing would come out because of this like metaphorical lid or this cork and 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 uh and yeah I've been finding ways to uncork myself 
and that. and that doesn't always have to be in speaking but it really is about like in some ways this podcast does help me like mm. what do you what, what are your thoughts saying can you articulate them in a way that is is um uh, meaningful and precise to a point like you don't want to be run on sentencing the whole time but also just having a, ta- a conversation with someone uh, for yeah for some reason i think there's a generalization that dancers can't do that but they can i think everyone has the has the power to do that it's it's that it's that that thing of like oh i don't talk i move right what yes <laughs> do you never talk I'm, to anyone it's- <laughs> it's so funny. Like, yeah. It's it's almost to me, I think it was a way for me to play small. Mm. I could, I could be comfortable as I talked about earlier, you know, comfort means you've done it before. So you feel safe, your ego feels comfortable. Yeah. Um, we don't talk as much as we dance. We've been work, I've been training as a dancer for 23 years. So that gets all the attention that gets all the energy. And I don't have to be super uncomfortable because I can always hide behind the veil of the physical mover right but then we really do a disservice to ourselves in again like bringing our inner world out and really showing up in every in this three-dimensional way like yeah (laughs) why why wouldn't you want to talk why wouldn't you want to um uh, be okay with speaking and letting your voice be heard too, mm-hmm. because maybe you can speak in your room or you can, you know, you can speak on your phone to, to social media, but then in person, it's like, mm, I can't, here's, here's my highlight or my, you know, <laughs> whatever it is in, in the dance. Yeah. Room. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Completely. And I always loved when the, the, I have and still do when process involves experimental use of voice and expressing in that way. Mm. But it's like, Oh, this is still in a safe space and in a safe bubble of, Oh, I'm going to like Mm -hmm. make this noise. Like I'm something visceral and guttural. And it's like, no questions asked. Like I will literally make a sound like I'm throwing up. I cut (laughs) off my arm and jump out a window. If it's in and underneath this again, like umbrella of, the performer, the dancer for the art, but then like, I can't speak in my authentic voice at Starbucks when I'm ordering like my tea for the day. Like all of a sudden I get flushed and I feel shame and I feel small and vulnerable. It's like, well, that's gross. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, where is that? Like, where has that disconnect or that, you know, lie that I've told myself that I don't have a voice. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's noise going on in your body, right? Like when we dance, totally. like there's so much um, text and, and, and audio that we could we can sort of feel, <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I know what you mean about like when the audition is like, oh, can you, you know, <laughs> make a noise or, or whatever's going on inside, like let it out. And then you're like, in, in the yeah. whole, you know, in the room and everyone's like, what? It's like, well, yeah, I have a voice too. Like it's part of my body, this voice box that I use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, I think you and I may be similar in that we, we are comfortable going those extreme places and not definitely not every mover is, yeah. not every dancer is, but just to speak personally for myself, I just have questioned like, why, what about that makes me more comfortable than having this conversation and having my voice be heard in this way Mm -hmm. is sort of the thought. 
Yeah. Lost my pen. I'm, th- oh, no. <laughs> I'm thinking even too about like the discipline of dance and even like ballet, a ballet class where they're, they're formally really shouldn't be any talking, right? Because we want to stay in the, in the, the bar exercise or whatever. I'm wondering mm. if it's that maybe from like a young age of us training to put on a posture and, and shut our lips. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that's definitely a big, and not to say that that's like, you know, ballet, it, it, it is so traditional that there has to be a level of discipline. I, I always believe that. And I'm, I'm sure you understand that too, as a, as a classically trained performer, you know, like you, you do have to sort of say, okay, like I'm going to surrender myself to the music or to the, the frappe exercise that I have to do. But then, you know, Surrender why to is the it... frappe. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Never thought I would say that. <laughs> but, you know, like when, <laughs> when is it okay for a, a, a young ballerina to say something with their voice? Oh, oh yeah. It's this like complete juxtaposition and, and mm-hmm. the, the contradiction of it all because I agree. Like there's a formality, there's a, um, a, a meditative, mindful, um, also just respect for that form and for the technique and even like for sure in a ballet class where it might be a little bit more like tightly sealed um but in other classrooms and even in like academic classrooms you put your hand up to talk and I mean I was always a kid that never wanted to put my hand up Mm. if I put my hand up that makes me vulnerable that makes me vulnerable to get chosen what happens when I get chosen I have to speak and then there is space for judgment and shame and all of these things um, mm. you know, whereas if it was something physical, we would love to be chosen to do something physical, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know? Mm. So anyway, I completely agree that it's sort of like embedded in us. Like you just don't have a choice other than to learn that those are the rules and the regulations and there needs to be that structure so that you can learn. But then at yeah. what point can we unleash the beast mm. or like get to know ourselves and be comfortable and that's a whole other thing yeah. a slightly suppressed society <laughs> by slightly I mean majorly <laughs> repressed collective yeah. situation I mean, we have but <laughs> you know like a text and 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 uh, acting is a part of a performance yeah. not just in dance I think you know in plays and theater so I mean why wouldn't you want to explore that, I guess. I mean, you, you, I'm even thinking about the monologue that you did in um, uh, Figaro 2.0 with Pararte. <laughs> like yeah. that was like a, it was like an act one closer and it was a monologue where you stood on stage and didn't move. Like <laughs> that's like, finally there's a, a moment in a dance show where I can hear sp- people speak, you know, it was, uh-huh, I like, uh-huh. it really resonated with me, truly. Well, that's really, I actually kind of forgot about it till now. <laughs> I'm glad you, it's a, something that stands out for you. Yeah. And in a, you know, what is quite well known as a contemporary ballet company in the city to, you know, Roberto took a huge risk doing that. And there was lots of different types of feedback on people liking it or not. Um, mm. But it was, I mean, separate from any kind of opinion I would have of it. It was such a beautiful opportunity for growth and curiosity and like how do you let's talk about how do you 
not come on stage for the first 25 minutes of that whole entire piece. And the first thing I do is this like, essentially what is equivalent to like a, a soliloquy of despair as the opening solo balancing on one leg and then finishing with this monologue. Like I will tell you my preparation for that was sitting backstage <laughs> in and I would warm up so I do ballet class but yeah. I wouldn't want to get too warm because I still had a 25 minute break before I had to get on right and so for the first probably 15 minutes of the show which started quite light I was like okay how do I you know how can I pull from my Marianne moments my my tactic work Marianne in Ryerson I, I yes. adore Marianne and I've like called her many times um, in my woman. career yes and I was like, okay, how do I get to my tactic? Like, what am I trying to get out of this opening solo? And so I had to go into the solo almost as if it was a theater piece as well, almost as if it was a piece of text also. Okay. Because I, I didn't want to separate the dancer from the speaker that I would then be later. Mm, I love that. Okay. So I would yeah. literally sit in child's pose backstage with my headphones in, <laughs> listening to the soundtrack of The Star is Born. <laughs> nice. Okay. I would listen yeah. to like... I'll never love again. Right. Is that all right? Shallow. Like I just needed this really raw. Dramatic. I think I probably saw the movie like right before the show or something. Okay. Um, and just like loved Gaga's performance in it, and I was like, that rawness of her at the end is what I want to be my expander into this. Like, how can I step into that kind of? feeling um, yeah, of expression yeah. and I would just listen to the music and lay there in child's pose and and try to get myself almost hyperventilating mm. <laughs> in, te in tears so that I could be in this place where I was entering the stage as if it had already happened because mm. it had mm -hmm. like she was in this state of well my husband's a cheater and my life is over and I'm unworthy mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but then like five minutes before I had to go on stage I'm like doing tondus again mm -hmm. so it's like <laughs> <laughs> you need time for both you do you do exactly <laughs> and then I would get off stage and just kind of try to ride that wave and let that lead me into the text who knows if it worked or not but it was certainly crazy and we had two weeks of shows so I was like pretty depressed for about two weeks <laughs> Gosh. Really I really like give a... it to actors yeah and just oh like, my god you know. yeah completely I, to be able to leave it like yeah. all on the stage like they do yeah although i do i mean we do that as dancers too i guess it's we totally different do. i guess yeah something about not having to say the words that we come back we're coming full circle mm. something about not needing to let it out through your throat feels less i've been explaining this idea too of not being necessarily deliberate about what we're processing because we can move in such an abstract way that like I know that day I feel charged there's a charge and I like it could feel a bit like nausea or it could feel like um, anxiety but I don't have to call it anything I don't have to describe it to anybody I don't have to know it for myself but I can move through it I can move it around my body mm. and I can feel maybe a little bit better I think it's more of a band-aid the more I've been exploring this, I think it's more of a band-aid for that 24 hours maybe because if you're not being deliberate about what you're alchemizing, then you can't move through it. You can't let it go. That's mm. why I think we get a lot of gunk stuck, stuck in us as dancers because we don't 
have that voice piece, that throat piece where actors, I don't know, something about it physicalizing from their voice probably feels like maybe a release for them. Right. But, but also uh, like way more intense because they have to like label it with words context human yeah yeah yeah, context language yeah whereas dancers are just like oh yeah and just like well i don't know what that was but i feel way better okay let's go get some like bro yo (laughs) well done coming back full circle because i think that's totally it that's totally it it's like it's like we can we can remove the literal actual feeling and replace it with a very intricate you know (laughs) gesture phrase (laughs) Exactly. And you, you know, don't have to yeah. call it what it is. No, no. And so you don't actually have to deal with it. Whereas like, for example, if I'm doing this monologue and some of the words were like shipwrecked no more, like you can't fuck with me anymore. Like these, once you say it, you can't unsay it. Your body can't unknow it once mm-hmm. you, once it becomes tangible, like in yeah. the 3D world. But when we dance, it's just like, we just live in these mini these mini fake worlds. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny, <laughs> I actually... safer. Yeah, like, I, I never really know, unless the dance piece is very much like a character, I don't really know where I am on stage when I'm dancing. Yes! Is yes! there a location? Is there a setting? And so I kind of feel like an alien a little bit in this, like, totally. floaty, you know, and there's never any set usually, so there's nothing except, like, a wing or a backdrop, so it's God like, bless contemporary dance. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing sweatpants and socks in like a black room. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you could definitely deal with your shit like that. Yeah. At least some, <laughs> somehow the movement gets translated to the audience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And even the audience, they know they're feeling something. You know, you, you get responses to pieces as an audience member, but also you'll hear audience members say to, to us as the performers, like, man, like, I, I don't even know what that was about, but you got me. Or, like, I was crying at the end, and I don't know mm. why. And you're like, yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> but we're, we're feeling it together. And that, too, is the magic of dance. Yes, absolutely. Is that we're not labeling it. So mm-hmm. it's like this, I'm in this place of, like, how do we hold on to the, the genius that is movement without making it literal, mm-hmm. and yet still, like, somehow survive as humans that don't need to be like in therapy three times a week (laughs) 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 because we're not running away from our like right right yeah the reality (laughs) what is what is your relationship to movement right now like feeling like you, you you can't go to class in a traditional form you can't um be on stage like what do you find yourself improving in your room? Do you find yourself not wanting to move? What's your relationship right now with movement? Yeah, that's a good question. I think similar to saying that I have like many personalities every day, I have many ways that I relate to movement every day. They are interchangeable within the 24 hours and then like huge <laughs> roller coasters throughout the week and throughout mm-hmm. the months, I would say. When I first got back from Australia, I was so hungry to be doing something that had more form. And, and why, can I ask why you were there? I, I was it just a vacation in Australia. Yeah. Oh, I was eat, pray, love in my life oh, away. Lovely. I like to use it as like one verb. <laughs> eat to eat, pray, love. 
right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows the movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was completely a spur of the moment. On January 1st, I clicked uh, buying tickets for money that I didn't have and practicing this abundance mindset. And nice. I have never traveled all by myself for something that wasn't work oriented. Mm, okay. So of course I have to go to the furthest point from Canada because <laughs> that's normal. You need to get away. You need to get away. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. And I've always had right. a call to go there. I've always felt it in my body. I, it just feels, yeah. So I will definitely be going back because my trip got cut about a week and a half because of the virus. Okay. I, I still had two and a half amazing weeks, but, mm. um, and I'm so, so grateful. I'm glad I went because um, there was a hot second where it was, well, people are saying that like Corona could come here. And at that time it was like, no. Mm. Yeah. Cause it was right when the quarantine <laughs> broke out that you were there. Right. Yeah. It was like, was are people going like- to be able to travel? Maybe not. Maybe. And then I'm glad you got home before they, you know, completely cut off any travel. Yeah. That was, it was wild too. Not only I was halfway across the world, barely, I had like two acquaintances there and just exploring and doing my thing. But it was also like, yeah, this pandemic broke out and I would wake up, this is a 13 hour time change. And I would wake up to these messages from people who like, I am so grateful for the people that care about me this much. And like informing me kind of constantly about what the government was saying and when they were closing the borders and are you coming back? And are you, Mm. and because Canada was in like Australia, it didn't hit there till a lot later. There was no sense of immediacy or panic in Australia. And so only when I would engage with friends or my phone would all of a sudden I get this wave of anxiety, like, holy shit, I'm dying. Mm. And, and so much fear. And so traveling home with people, everyone wearing masks and, oh man, like talk about fear just being pervasive and like, it's, it's low frequency energy, right? So you just feel it in your body instantly like I stepped into the airport and was having a panic attack (laughs) Um, but anyway yes I'm super grateful that I got to go and then I got Mm -hmm. home safe and that I had no symptoms somehow because I was around a lot of people Mm. look (laughs) at that luck is on your side yeah I guess so yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, strong immunity Uh, oh dance yeah yeah I totally cut you off, but yeah, I was just interested no, no. to know because I, I was like, oh, is she going there for for a dance thing or or but it was just a nice vacation? That's good. Yeah. And, well, interestingly enough, if we're talking about relationship to dance, mm-hmm. I went with no expectation of what it might mean for dance. Um, there were nice. like, there's like some cool companies and stuff there that I was like, you know what? If I feel called to it and it feels like it's right, I will reach out and take a class. Yeah. Um, maybe I won't dance at all. Maybe mm. I'll dance the whole time. And I didn't. I just improved in public spaces as an experiment of how I could be vulnerably arriving. <laughs> There's also this beautiful permission to not give a fuck because I was in Australia and there's no chance anybody knew who I was. Right. The anonymity, right? Anonymity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a memory of like, dancing right in front of the opera house and I was on this staircase just going and all these people were passing me by I didn't really notice and then I looked down and there was a woman this older woman who was just sitting on the ledge cross-legged just with this little smile on her face looking up at me and she stayed there and watched me 
the whole time. And I was like, it felt like I was giving, it felt like, so here's the magic of dance. Okay. We were having a conversation, right? <laughs> and I had no idea what I was saying and she had no idea what she was hearing. And I will never forget that moment till I die. Wow. Yeah, like you so didn't even have like, to talk about it. Yeah. She was just looking, wow, that's cool. Yeah. That so that was, dance. yeah, that was my relationship to it when I was there. So when I got home at first, I had this huge pull to like, okay, get on. Wow, I can take all these classes anonymously right, and right. not need to be in the class. And like, oh, I can take this hip hop class. I can do this jazz funk class. Like, da, 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 da. And I was nice. like on a rampage for two weeks. And then I was like, I hate dance. Ah, <laughs> I hate, okay. like, mm-hmm. I want to be in a studio. I yeah. don't, again. This is there. I'm having this weird relationship with taping myself, and why am I posting it, and what is the point of this, and right. seeing everyone else posting things, and I just was in this weird space. So, and then I really started to explore, you know, through I've been posting a lot um, about Alvin's journey with his um, new brand, sort of, and his technique of using groove and pleasure. Uh, to Alvin explore Kalantas. yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and oh man we go way back all of us mm, do <laughs> I know yeah Alvin oh gosh yeah <laughs> Alvin gave me my first photo shoot like it's like right he's, he's yeah. been there yeah yeah he and I have been through so much together and I sort of like saw someone post that he was doing this and I started doing it every single day and it became like my meditation my movement meditation he refers to it oh. as that also And I just had this huge aha moment where I recognized how much I've stopped myself from dancing for fun, dancing without form, dancing. Like how actually does Kelly Shaw move? If music is Mm -hmm. on and there is no, like as a blank canvas, Mm -hmm. like I don't even like, you know, this is, here's another thing. Like, oh, I'm a dancer. I don't talk. Oh no, I'm a professional dancer. I don't dance in clubs. Like people pay me to dance, Mm. you know? Oh, you know what a dance show us some moves. I'm always the person that's like, no, (laughs) but that is a judgment of myself and an insecurity of not trusting that I can dance like a fool and it doesn't matter. Uh uh Like this, this, a construct that I've built around the ways that is appropriate for me to move as a contemporary professional dancer yeah. like you it's all these so influences gross. and training background and and yeah. the certain audience that you're going to perform to you you know oh. yeah 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 wow and and it was I had this like really beautiful runway into like oh my god this is the work right now like literally dancing in my pajamas dancing in my underwear dancing in like whatever putting on a song like why couldn't I move my hips mm. just move them just like <laughs> you know whoa yeah. it was crazy I was like the, the, this contemporary yeah, like construct or confined like I love this quote we live in the prisons that we build ourselves and it suddenly has been striking me how contemporary dance I've built a prison <laughs> for mm. myself as a mover in a way mm. Um, and, and I've also had a lot of lower back injuries and hip injuries and things. And I'm like, it's, there's so much trauma in that pelvic region. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that now I've 
I have a serious aversion to moving it, but it's also, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did the injuries mm-hmm. happen? And then you started preventing yourself from being in that place or were you, are you so blocked in your sacral like mm-hmm. chakra area? Yeah. Which is where your life force is that then the injuries manifest. So mm. I've been exploring just noodling around and you know nice. uh, less form and and then the other day I was like whoa tondus feel really great so oh wow okay look at that yeah it's, yeah it's literally a roller coaster but I think <laughs> listening in every way um yeah to our inner voice and to our bodies is the only way that I can approach it right now because if I need it to be a certain version of anything it's just holding me back from everything that I can become during this time Mm. yeah it it goes back to like self-care and and with injuries that come that are past but could come back you know like there's always that fear of like oh if I If I go too much in, in this direction with my hip, well, then that's where the, the injury was. It's going to come back. Oh, yeah. Uh, I relate to that completely. I have a, a hard time with my the whole left side of my body. I think we've actually talked about this, but like... Yes, I'm whole, a left side too. <laughs> like, left side the whole accurate. left side of my body is has always had the injuries, has always been the, one, uh, the, the side that's overworked the most, like trying to hold me up. Um, your stabilizer like my stabilizing yeah. leg right so then it, it gets tired easily but I also want to strengthen it so that you know so right Absolutely. like during this time I've had to sort of almost return to zero and try to sort of not dance um at a hundred because I need mm. my body to relax and go back to what it was when I, when I hadn't even danced when I was six and, you know. Yeah. Christine Wright talks a lot about creating a new set point for your body Mm. in her work. I love this approach, um, but it really takes a lot of undoing before you can find the new or before you can redo. Right. So it's like unlearning all of these habits and patterns and like the fascia in our body. Thank you, Sam Booker like (laughs) literally holds Mm -hmm. the memory of the action like if there's there's crazy stuff where like a baseball a pitcher if you look at their fascia because of their throwing arm it looks like a sling around their body Mm. it's thicker in that directional like the trajectory of it is built in a way to support that action so you can imagine what the hell a dancers looks like like the hip the working leg hip imagine what the fascia there looks like Mm -hmm. so then to and similar to you and these in these like pretty traumatic injuries I've had, it's like there's so much undoing, there's so much unlearning to come back to zero. And you it really needs to be like incremental. Like in the last I had a hip thing flare up for me also. And it's like Pilates and moving hardly at all and honoring like your journey to find the new like neutral zone. This mm-hmm. is to make to allow your body to feel safe again. Cause I think that's really what it is in essence. It's like, if you're, Oh, I don't want to lift my leg this way. Cause I might get injured. It's cause you're living fear. So yeah. how do you convince like neurologically your brain to, to know it's safe here. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay it's to, to try again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a metaphor for life. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's safe. Yeah. You know, I actually do want to, we're actually getting close to, to ending, but I do want to talk a little bit more about like one of the posts that you had really resonated with me. You said time to arrive or, or it's time to arrive almost as if like you've been waiting or, or this is what I got from it, that you've been waiting for something to happen. <laughs> even though you've been working so hard, like I know you're a very hard worker, like you, your work ethic is incredible. And then I thought, wait, so there's still more, there's still something that I need to arrive at and meet with. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested in just that, like hearing more about that, what that means for you to, to, to meet yourself and, and arrive. Mm. Yeah. If we can finish with that. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. This isn't such a fun conversation. I feel like we could go for like five hours. <laughs> I know. I wish. I wish. <laughs> Um, yeah, arrive in a sense of recognizing that home lives inside of all of us, as cliche as that may sound, but you know, I never, I, I would say all of these things and like use this vocabulary and speak to things, you know, self-love, self-worth, home is your body, but like you don't integrate or embody or like really truly know it until you're ready to know it. Mm. I mean, like deeply your soul knowing Mm. Um, and it can't be taught and it can't be timed and it can't be rushed and I guess in that that's sort of the answer there is like I felt like I've been running this race for years probably since I was like 10 years old so like 21 years (laughs) of just you know you and so many so many children not just dancers it's like you wake up you rush to school and then right from school you go to your extracurricular which was dance which was dance for me which you spend the whole night and then you rush home to do your homework and then the whole game starts again the next day and then you get to your dance competition it's like we're always trying to get we're always trying to get we're always trying to get and when I arrive and when I get there and when I do the thing and I get the first and I blah 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 it's like that makes me feel arrived home validated worthy loved Mm. um it, it, I think arriving for me in that post, I would say just means arriving to myself, showing up for me, showing up for my life. Hmm. Uh, I would say about six months ago, I realized that I felt like I was uh, watching myself live a life of racing and arriving or trying to arrive having these fleeting moments of feeling like you do arrive you know you have the good performance or you have the really good rehearsal or you Mm -hmm. get the job or you do the thing and like oh I've arrived and then because it's not perhaps aligned or you you don't feel that that safety that home that we're talking about that the body is it Mm -hmm. slips away so fast the next day suddenly you have somewhere else to arrive it's like what would it mean to always be arrived like you're Mm -hmm. already there you've got nowhere to go all you've got to do is show up for yourself to be present with where you're at that day and -hmm. then you'll always forever arrive like you will Mm-hmm. You will mm-hmm. already have arrived and been there just just by sitting here and talking to you on this tiny little screen, seeing you in your little box. Like, <laughs> I'm fucking here. Like, yeah. 
it's all good. Like I've arrived, whether my body's in the best shape, whether the show's going to happen. Like, and I just think that's what this whole quarantine has gifted all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the timing was just kind of crazy for myself. So I was already going through a lot of these thoughts and spiritual concepts and whatnot. And it's just really driven it home for me. It's like, mm-hmm. you got nowhere to be girl, like mm-hmm. physically and spiritually. Right. Right. And, and that the work is also too, I think it's this, this, I, I love this word. This is perfect, pervasive thing collectively that we think once we do the thing, once we master, once we learn how to be this version of ourselves, then we'll get the part or then, then you can start the business. Then you can move to Europe. Once you do something like step one, two, three have to happen before step four. No, 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 no. One, two, three it's are now. always happening. It's mm-hmm. now. It's, it's never now. not been now. You've never not arrived. You arrived the moment you came onto this earth. Your soul chose to have a human experience. So you is here. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I know what you mean. That's yeah. meaning my, my new rap single. You is here. <laughs> uh-huh. DJ Kelly, that's amazing. Well, yeah, yeah, well that's said. Right. Well said. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's because, yeah, you don't want to live in the future for the rest of your life. You got to live in the present. And I think for, I, I never thought I was living in the future as much as I was. Mm. Yeah, you, you distilled that down for my long-winded answer that <laughs> it really is like running a race. I, I think I posted the other day saying like I'm the queen of thinking about the finish line before I even took off for the race. Mm. Um, mm. And yet, like you think you're not because like you're meditating and you're, I also think dance really is, is one of the only times where I can be fully present with myself. It does feel like a meditation. Everything kind of stops. You have to focus on what you're doing. You have to be with the people you're with. Like the lift won't work unless you're fully engaged and embodied mm. in what the thing is. And, and so that made me feel like I was, Oh, I was present and I wasn't racing, but it's like, um, Nope. Again, it's mm-hmm. just a, a bit of a band-aid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that I'm really grateful for because otherwise, I don't know, it would have been like on a lot of drugs or something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it does help. It does help. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess you kind of perfected that as a performer. You said, okay, I'm going to be present. I'm going to be with my collaborators. I'm going to be in the process. But then, yeah, you didn't have time for it in your in your real life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because we're just racing to be, how can I be present as the dancer? How can I be, yeah, it also comes back to, you know, who are you other than the dancer? That's a whole other, like, can of worms right there, (laughs) which I think many performers, now that we've sort of come to terms with, whoa, when's the next time I'm going to perform? When's the next time I'm going to be in a studio? When's the next time? I just had, like, three gigs canceled on me. I, I will not be performing till 2021 if not that, if who knows, even then. Hard to reconcile with that. Yeah. So then you go, okay, well, now I really better see what I have to offer other than my body and my talent. And like, just PSA for everyone listening, you have a lot to offer. You have everything Mm -hmm. to offer, actually. You don't need Mm -hmm. dance. Dance doesn't need you. Like you are, if it's an active choice of expression, because like, uh, 
what a gift. Holy crap that we have that. But it's like there's, you know, the amount of times I've looked up at the sky in the last six months and just gone, oh, my God, I'm so lucky. <laughs> to be in the earth and to, to, yeah. To, to, yeah, yeah, to have a life in this earth. Yeah. Yeah. And as and I'm looking at your beautiful so... sky behind you. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah. I, uh, you know, when you live in the studio and you live in your head and you live in your body and you live in the mirror all the time, we forget to look up. We look in, we live in the screen of our phone. I, I honestly could say, I don't know when the last time I would have looked up and had that feeling when I was running the race and in the grind and doing the things. Hmm. And it feels good. It fills you up. But it's, again, it's fleeting. So then you're still, it perpetuates the race. You're still the hamster on the wheel. Because mm. it's like, and what happens can, if it all falls away? Yeah. You can self-return. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Come home, arrive. Mm. We're really Kelly good Shaw. at bringing, wrapping this in a bow. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, thank you for your honesty and, and your willingness to, to talk about yourself. And um, I think a lot of people are going to resonate with this. I certainly have. Thank you. I'm so glad. Thanks for having me here and, and giving me a platform to exercise my voice in this way. And then, you know, all the nerves just fall away because we're meant to, to that. communicate. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone can go and check out Kelly on her Instagram and you have some exciting, a lot of exciting info coming up. And <laughs> on, on uh, today when this podcast release a very exciting project as well. So definitely yeah. check that out yeah yes <laughs> I uh yeah you can find my website it will be kelly-shaw.com and find lots of fun things happening very easy to find perfect everyone should yeah. go and check that out for sure <laughs> thank you so much it's been thank a pleasure you. thank you thank you I'm going to stop the recording we can continue to talk Thank you so much for listening to the Art Versations podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, rate, and leave a review to help the podcast grow. As well, follow the podcast on Instagram at artversationspod. That's A-R-T-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-D. You'll find photos of each of my guests so you can match a voice to a face. Let's keep the conversation going. DM me with your own thoughts about art as I would love to hear them. I'm always up for a good old-fashioned chat. Till next time.